Well, you already heard my talk with the kids a few minutes ago, so maybe we should just skip to the donuts. Amen? <laughs> You're not supposed to agree with me. <laughs> it's a trick question. Silly grown-ups. That's the problem with children's moments, you see. The adults get just as distracted as the kids do. Maybe it's because we're all mostly still just kids at heart, children of God. Or maybe it's because we, we don't want to be challenged any further than they are. We'd rather stay at a child's level than have to grow up into the fullness of Christ Jesus, since that road is so much more demanding. I think this is part of what's going on in the story of the resurrection. The first disciples were being confronted and challenged in regard to their approach toward life. That was part of their process of growth, and it was a challenging transition. Here's how I read St. Luke's version of that first Easter Sunday. The female followers of Jesus had seen Jesus get killed and placed in a tomb, so they figured the adventure was over. Their hopes for a different kind of life were gone. So they went back to what they had always known, the chores of everyday life. In another part of the story, the men, we see them do the same thing. They went back to fishing. Both were sad symbols of defeat. And the woman's work was, I think, particularly depressing because part of their daily chores included preserving dead bodies, as in prettying them up, making them smell less bad. There was nothing to be done about death except to make the funeral more bearable. So that's what these women set out to do on that Sunday morning after the crucifixion. They went looking for the dead body of Jesus in order to make him seem less dead. Certainly uh, not a lot like searching for Easter eggs. Only then when they got to the tomb, there was, there was no body to work on. So their routine was dis disrupted. Even this basic chore was no longer available to them. And these women, according to the story, they did not know what to make of this. In spite of having been walking with Jesus for years along with the men, they had no idea what was going on. The same thing was true of the men, of course. I want to be clear, it wasn't a gendered issue. Even after those male disciples heard that Jesus had been raised from the dead, they didn't get it either. The disciple Peter, after he went to see the empty tomb for himself, he still didn't know what to make of it. No idea. This version says Peter went home wondering what had happened. They all went looking for Jesus, but he wasn't there. That's all they knew. And the angels of God then confronted the disciples about this lack of understanding. They almost scolded them like children. Why are you looking for the dead among the living? They asked. I imagine these angels to have been somewhat incredulous, maybe even a bit exasperated, as in, he's not here in a tomb? Why would he be here? Jesus has been raised. Don't you remember what he told you? How he was going to be crucified and then rise again? Duh, of course he's not here. Of all the places to go looking for Jesus. The angels thought this was obvious, what the people didn't understand. Why do you seek the living among the dead? They chided. 
And yet so often, that's what we do. We too have a tendency to look for life in all the wrong places. We think the good life means donuts and Easter eggs, nice cars, big houses, tropical vacations. Sometimes, like those first disciples, we can get sophisticated about it. We see political power and popularity, safety, security, maybe at least a dose of happiness. And when, when those goals fail somehow, as they inevitably do, like those first disciples, we then try, the, try to make the most of what remains. To stave off a sense of decay, we put on makeup or buy nicer clothes. If we can't get away to an island for vacation, we can at least live vicariously through our friends on Facebook. And if a pandemic takes away our health and freedom or an election takes away our political power, well, I I guess we go back to watching Netflix and binging on ice cream. Like those first disciples, at least we can try to make misery a little bit less miserable. Make death seem a little less dead. But then here are these angels suggesting that maybe we missed something. They challenge us. They question us, asking if maybe we have been looking for life in all the wrong places. What is it that really gives us life anyway? Real life, a life worth living. What is actually worth pursuing? The angels try to help. Don't you remember, say the messengers? Remember what Jesus taught? Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. Pick up your cross and follow me, said Jesus. For those who seek to save their lives will die. But those who lay down their lives for others will find life, real life. Jesus, God with us, the author and giver of life, he doesn't hang out among the tombs. Jesus doesn't go around trying to make death look less dead. Jesus came that we might have life and life to its full. Then the women in this story, having heard this, you can can already see the impact this intervention starts to have on them. They start to doubt that Jesus is really dead, which opens up the possibility of a new beginning. Suddenly, they drop what they've been doing and they run back to share the news with others. If Jesus is alive, then they don't have to stay at that graveside any longer. They can turn towards new life, a better life, where they aren't undertakers anymore, but apostles. Sure, the women had no previous experience as witnesses or evangelists. Often, they had been expected to stay silent but not anymore. If Jesus is alive, then the old ways are dead and gone. A new life has begun. Death itself has been put to death, and this is just the beginning. So then the question for us today 
is in light of the resurrection, where should we then be looking for life? What is it that would make us truly come alive like Jesus? Perhaps as these divine messengers suggested, we can at least begin to notice the spaces or practices that haven't been giving us life. We can heed the clues that maybe, maybe sometimes we're in the wrong place or on the wrong path. We can try looking elsewhere. It may be that God's challenge to us on Easter is to turn away from business as usual and the ways of our lives that aren't really life. Of course, the problem with this kind of discernment is that you know, what's, what's life-giving to one person may be death to someone else. So I'm not going to go into details here. Besides, the resurrection isn't so much about, about judging as it is a call to listen again to Jesus, who does bring us life, to seek Christ's guidance in our lives. And it begins as it began for these women, by simply questioning or doubting whether Jesus is really dead. What if he is actually here, now, available to us for counsel and guidance to show us the way into a greater life? Where might we look for him today as adults in light of the resurrection? For those like, like me who appreciate a, a few examples or specific implications, I'll, I'll offer a few before closing. I don't want to go on too long because I recognize that donuts and Easter eggs are, are, are life-giving for some people. It's a matter of personal discernment. This nuance also is part of growing up into the full stature of Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God for coffee hour. The first, a few implications for individuals, for, church, for the church, for the world. Individuals. I, I used to like this band called Cake. One of their songs has a line that goes like this. As soon as you're born, you start dying. So you might as well have a good time. Oh, yeah. That's what life looks like for a lot of people. Having a good time on the way to the grave. On the upside, it's like a party. Parties are good, good times. We do that on Sundays. We celebrate. But on the other hand, if life is just about waiting to die, that's kind of sad, isn't it? We know that everyone dies eventually. Even Jesus died. But is that what life is about, waiting to die? Why not live for something more? Particularly if Jesus is alive what if he's really alive? If there is life after death, then it's never too late for a new beginning, for something better than just having a good time or preparing for death. Jesus leads us into life that is better, a fuller kind of life. Implication two, it's similar with the church. A lot of folks these days assume that the church is dead or at least on the way to death. People like us who continue to show up as a community, we can also sometimes act like we're just biding time, waiting for it to die. 
Maybe pastors like me are seen as hospice chaplains, comforting those who mourn, like the women who went to care for Jesus' body, making death a little less dead. But if Jesus is alive, if he lives, then we too shall live. So maybe we should start living already. Why would we keep looking for him among the dead? Let's go seek Jesus on the road as, the apost- as apostles, as those first disciples were then called to do. Why don't we focus on the ways in which Christ is still today leading us out into new life, away from the grave, into flourishing life as the people of God? Third implication, last one. It seems to me that our entire world today is also in need of some resurrection. The whole world. So it's a good thing that there are a lot of you apostles to go out and share the good news. I keep reading about the sixth great extinction, how life on earth is being threatened by overpopulation and climate change and chemicals and warfare and viruses and on and on. Word on the street is that human beings are next on the extinction list. So, some rich people are looking to colonize space. Others are partying like it's 1999. Eat, drink, and be merry, some say, for tomorrow we die. But if Jesus is alive, then perhaps we should live as though God is coming back to live here with us, as is promised in Scripture. Maybe it's still possible for us humans to become better stewards of this beautiful world. Taking care of God's home. Making it a place where where all God's children can live together with justice and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Wouldn't that be a life worth living? A world worth living for? Both now and into eternity. Friends, Christ is risen. Hold on, don't you remember? Let's try it again. Christ is risen. Then let us rise with him. But stop looking for life in all the wrong places, in places of death. May God grant us courage to follow the risen one into real life, true life, abundant life, for the sake of the entire world. Amen?